on this week's show. Derby Day delight for Maidstone as they down Dartford. We hear from Stone's keeper Tom Hadler. I think the boys obviously exceeded themselves and just yeah went out there and, and put on a show. Glebe win the Derby Clash in the FA bars. We catch up with their striker Jamie Philpott. They had, I'd say, more chances than us. We weren't up to scratch for whatever reason today. Overall, lucky to get through. But disappointment for Beckenham. Two interviews from the Becks after their FA Vars loss to Glebe. As the years go on, I've never touched the hallowed turf of Wembley and when you get so close to it and um, and, it, and it happens like that, it's, it's, it's very disappointing. and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We've got lots of interviews coming up this week, news of managerial changes, and annoyingly, the C word is rearing its ugly head to expect some of our fixtures, and no, it's not Christmas, sadly. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who still hasn't got over the massive stitch-up in Abu Dhabi this weekend, uh, and on the line now is man who has, thankfully, got over his issues, which ruled him out of last week's show, and it's well and truly on the mend. It's Matt Gerrard. Are you glad to be back, my friend? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better than I was. So um, it wasn't it wasn't the C word, but I had a couple of tests because I had the um, a faint line appeared on the lateral flow. And I thought oh, I've got it here. Then I did a test and it was negative. Then I rang the bloke up, you know, well, not, not a bloke up, rang up NHS and they said, oh, yeah, the PCR is the king. Ignore that. So I did another test because it kept coming up with a single line and that was negative. But then I had sort of other issues. So but I'm slowly getting there, slowly back eating, which is um a good thing because I'll exalt me out for quite a bit to be honest. So there you go. Yeah, we're not going, going to go back too much. To that, are, you, are you into the Grand Prix? I have been the last couple of years. I've I've really got into it. I, I love watching Drive to Survive on Netflix, and you know I, I always I, I kind of make time to watch the race. And it's been it's been an unbelievable season. It's been brilliant. It's been here, there, and everywhere. And then. What happened on Sunday just left a really, really sour taste, to be honest. I mean, if you're not basically uh, au fait with what happened... Um, I couldn't give a, a monkey, to be honest. Well, there was a crash uh, six laps yeah. from the end, uh, and um, that meant that the, the safety car came out, which bunches the whole pack up. And as it was, Lewis Hamilton was about 11 seconds in front with, with five, six laps to go. It would have been really close between him and Max Verstappen. But when the safety car came out, Max Verstappen was able to go in and get a fresh set of tyres. Um, and But then when he came out of the pits, there were four cars that had been lapped between him and Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and normally in that scenario, what they would do is they would say that all of the cars that have been lapped are to go through past the safety car and join the back of the field. If they'd done that, there wouldn't have been time for any more laps. Um, so the race would have finished behind the safety car and Lewis Hamilton would have been the world champion. Uh, the two were level on points going into the race. So it was basically winner takes all. Uh, so the, 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 the two schools of thought seemed to be that it was either right. Well, the safety car goes and we've got those lapped cars in between the two or the safety car stays and we finish under that. And then literally right at the last second, they changed their mind, let the four cars through that were in between the two of them and had one lap and Hamilton was just a sitting duck. There was, absolutely no way from where they were when they restarted that race there was no way on this planet that Hamilton was going to win it and you know are they allowed to change halfway through this thing that's what I can't understand I I don't know I, I in football terms and I put this out on, on Twitter a couple of times over the, I, I think in football terms it's like if you were just about to step up and take a decisive penalty in a shootout and they decided that you had to kick a bowling ball instead of a football <laughs> it's, it's that kind of men's it's literally that they literally change the rules as, as, apparently there's two different i'll take it money talks and all this isn't it 
at the end of the day, money does talk. Well, I, I, I don't know, but it very well, much... Well, that bloke who, who made the crash... Yeah. Uh, ...that had to have these, that safety car on. Yeah. Surely he's only having a word with him, because maybe he just drove into the wall to, to sort this out. I don't know, but he's, his team uh, are run by have Mercedes engines. But I've really enjoyed what has been one of the best seasons ever, but it's forever going to be tainted by what happened on the last lap. And I would genuinely say... It's the biggest stitch-up in sport to happen in the Middle East since Qatar got the World Cup. Well, there you go. But again, he's won it seven times, so he'll move on and I'm sure it'll be. But again, I, I didn't watch it, so I'm not really into Formula One. But, you know, I know a lot of people... Again, you know it's big because every time Dick and Harry comes on uh, social media, you never heard them tweeting about it when they're all over it. So that's when I sort of turn off. So there you go. But no, no. So, yeah, well... Well, my theory in this, they should all have the same car. And there you go. And the best that would be the best driver wins. But that would never happen, apparently, would it? No, I've always said what they should do is they should uh, each driver should have to drive for for every team. So like, you know, so we'll find out. So the best team will still win the the Constructors' Championship. But then the best drivers, it'd be great to put, you know, Lewis and Max in cars at the back of the grid and see just how good they are in those cars rather than being right at the front. But like you say, it will never happen. The best will stay with the best. And 2022 should be a new era of of engines and everything like that. Would you like to go to a a Grand Prix? (sighs) Nah, probably not. A bit noisy, isn't it? Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Bit noisy, bit crowded. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I expect it's not £3.50, is it? No, I'd imagine not. No. Uh, talking of noisy and crowded, I'm actually supposed to be going to the darts next week. So, we'll see. Oh, uh, what oh what the World Championship. That. Yeah. So, I thought, but, I, thought, I thought getting hold of the tickets like that was supposed to be really hard. Yeah. Well, my, my friend managed to get some and, and offered me one, and I've accepted it, but. You know, with everything as as it is, and are you not, are you at one of the tables where you could write "I, I love think you, Matthew" so. on? Yeah, yeah. All right. So and and sing the da, 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 da song and things like that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so oh, where's that, where that Ali Pali? Yes, Alexandra Palace. But uh, I'd like to. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going to the darts. That would be just to say you've been. You know, it's, it's difficult though because obviously seen? I can't get my third jab booked at the moment, and I'm I'm nearly five months since my second one. So there is something in me saying you know, that I'm a little bit concerned because of everything that's going on at the moment, no matter how many things there are dotting around the place. And, you know, we everyone has their various opinions on it, but I feel like I want to avoid crowded places at the moment. So we'll we'll see what happens, but I, I'm hoping to go. So well, it should be, it should be I've had my third. I had my third on Saturday. So you can't, you can't get one in at the moment or? No, so I was in a really difficult situation because... Um, Initially, it was six months. So my yeah. six months would have been about the 4th of July, something like that. Uh, sorry, 4th of January, my, because my uh, I had my jab in July. Uh, and then they brought it down to 152 days. And through booking appointments for other people, I knew they didn't have a lot of appointments. So I tried to book it in advance so that I could get on my 152nd day, which was like last week. I would have been able to do it, but I wasn't allowed to go on the website to, to sort it out. Um, so eventually I went on and booked it and I couldn't get an appointment till the 3rd of January. And obviously now they're saying um, they want to offer everyone a jab by by the end of the year. Yeah. Well, I'm finding that if I, if I go on the website now, there's no appointments at all in Eastbourne between now and forever. So You can't you know, just walk up anywhere. No, I don't think there's any walk-in centres anymore for people that are just waiting for, for booster jabs. So uh, I think I'm going to be waiting till, till after Christmas. And, you know, it's difficult because... Whether 
this new variant is as serious as it's being made out, I don't know. Uh, I'm very careful to not play it down because I remember a couple of years ago on this show saying, oh, it's a bit of a cough. Um, but whether this new variant is as serious as, as, as is being feared, I don't know. But, you know, I, I, I'm looking at that. I'm going to come into contact with a lot of people over the next couple of weeks. And, and the, there was something on the news that said, unless you live as a hermit, you will come into contact with it. And, and you just kind of do worry about about yeah. it because it, it, especially for me and, and what I do I can't afford to get this thing no, no, no. you know I can't afford to uh, you know if, if, if I get it or Haley gets it then our business is in all sorts of trouble and mm. with the way that our business works if people have booked through a third party we're not allowed to cancel the bookings so we would either have to get someone in to run the place or pay for them to stay somewhere else which would then cost us loads of money so not only would we lose our own business but we'd also have to pay out extra stuff as well do you have to get people tested to come to you now do you, you have to i would like a, a negative or a pass or something? no we don't have to do that and and um I'm, I'm quite happy not to do that to be honest because uh of the way that it goes but it's uh it's just it's just worrying at the moment, I would say. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I, I just, you want to be safe. You want to make sure it's all right. I, I hope that um, it's all a bit of an overreaction, but who knows? Oh, it does It does seem to me that I, I, I cannot believe the kids are going back to school in January. No. No, so. Um... Well, and, and, and we'll move on from this in a minute, but I can't believe that uh, they're making the same mistake that they made last year up in Scotland, whereas... Um, where Nicola Sturgeon said, well, uh, before Christmas and after Christmas, if you could keep it to three households, that'd be great. But we're not going to cancel Christmas. So, again, thinking that the virus knows exactly what day of the week it is and what day of the year it is. So, um, who knows? But uh, what can you do? There you go. Okay, we, we've talked about this for nearly two years now, mate. So, there you go. Okay, nothing changes, move on. Let's get some football talk. Football Absolutely. Football. Well, before that, it's our 195th episode this week, and there's nothing interesting about the number, save for a song which I unearthed by an artist called Tranada, who made history at this year's Grammy by becoming the first black producer to win the best dance slash electronic album, and the first openly gay person to win it too. Great for him, although I actually long for the day where someone's race or sexuality is not a newsworthy line. And Tranada, or Louis Kevin Celestine, to give him his full name, I listened to a minute or so of your song, 195, and I'm glad the Grammy judges enjoyed it because I found it a bit dull, uh, to be brutally honest with you. Uh, anyway, on with the show. And just to mix things up a bit, we're going to start in the National League South. But there was a superb result for Maidstone United in a big derby clash with Dartford. Uh, Jack Barham, once off Dartford, scored a hat-trick as the Stones ran out 4-0 winners, a result which saw the darts relinquish top spots. More than 2,500 people were there, including my favourite standing co-host, Alex Hode. And after the game, Hode spoke to Stones keeper and his mate, Tom Hadler. For a goalie, it's, it's always so important. Um, I was shouting at the boys. I didn't I didn't celebrate really any of the goals properly because I just so intent on getting people back in their positions. No, no, no one listens, but um, <laughs> you try and get them back in and stuff. Even at 4-0, I was like, no, just don't. I'll save my celebrations for the end and that because it is. It's massive for me and, and the boys in the back. It's a, That is our victory to get the clean though. So, yeah, it's massive. Yeah, I, j- I joke a little about the clean sheet, but I mean, with four goals, it could have been significantly more. It was a, it was one of the most unusual days that I can remember seeing at the Gallagher, certainly for a long time. Yeah, what do you mean unusual? Yeah. <laughs> no, we, yeah, I, I think we didn't necessarily expect to be in that position, um, but at the same time, I think the boys obviously exceeded themselves and just, yeah, went out there and, and put on a show, considering, I think we said it before the game, like we were in the face of a bit of adversity with a lot of boys out ill and people trying to get back but not and 
Joe coming back into the side, especially like <laughs> for his first game in since Oxford and in such a big game. So yeah, so it's, yeah, it's all, it's all a, a, a massive day for us as, as a squad. Uh, it's heating up quite nicely. I think is it three points separating the top five, maybe? And we've got the big Christmas schedule to come as well. It's getting very, very hot at the top, isn't it? It certainly is, and that's the thing. Like you say, three Kent derbies again to come um, over Christmas. We go into everything, um, approach it in the right way, and, and do our thing. And I think that's that's where we want to be. Um, right at the other side of Christmas, in that in that top mix, and. And hopefully even higher up and, and really maximise our, our potential. So, yeah, if we can come out of Christmas flying, then we'll all be happy. Your manager pretty much said that if you'd lost today, that would have been nine points gap to Dartford and he wasn't sure you could overhaul that. As it is, it's three points and you could have overhauled it in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, do, do you think that... Or how many teams do you think perhaps might finish above Dartford? Or will anyone that finishes above Dartford be the, the champions? Oh, it's, it's so hard. I'm not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like to say who's going to end up where yet because I think we've seen already anyone could beat anyone on their day in this league really I mean there's obviously a few few standout sides and stuff but it is a, a very very competitive league so I won't come up with any bold predictions just yet but I, I yeah I think Dartford are going to be up there at the end of the season um, so will we uh, Dorkin were decent Oxford Dulwich the lot it's, it's all very tight so yeah it's exciting it is exciting. The the FA Trophy is that quite as exciting, or is that a distraction that you don't really want the week before Christmas? You want another league game, don't you? <laughs> no, we we'll take every game. Uh, we don't mind. Uh, we, we we want to do as well as we can in the trophy as well. So obviously we got went out of the FA Cup. Um, so that's our next biggest cup competition, and we all enjoyed getting through against Billericay. So to then yeah go and go and see what Maidenhead have got and do our best there is, is it's another another game for us to go and try and assert ourselves and stay on this run. So yeah, we don't mind. Another start for you. I'm sure you're hoping it's another start for you as well. You had a little spell out of the team, but back now and all going very nicely. So winning, saving a penalty shootout and clean sheets and derby wins against Ebbsfleet and uh, and Dartford. Things are going very well for Tom Hadler at the moment. <laughs> Football's a funny game. Yeah, never too high, never too low. Um, but yeah, I'm relishing it. But I'm back inside and, and I was obviously disappointed not to be in the side for a little period. But um, I'm back now. So as long as I keep doing my thing... Um, and enjoying it, then I'm happy. So, yeah, it's a good good place to be. Uh, we'll discuss Dartford shortly, of course, Matt. But firstly, top billing rightly goes to Maidstone. They're in good form. Uh, they've beaten Ebbsfleet, now they've beaten Dartford. And, and that's a stunning result for them, isn't it? It's amazing. Football's a, a strange game. When I saw them lose to Slough, um, the manager didn't come out and do the interview. The fans were really down. Um you just felt that they weren't going to score any goals. I know their players coming back from injury, but something clicked. That result against Ebbsfleet when you when they won there, when you didn't expect them to win. Now they're on a roll. Barham, who I rated, but I think he went to Barnet and then he went on loan to Bromley. When I saw him, he was alone at one of the clubs. When you think, I quite liked him. He's a lively striker, um, right up Steve King Street. So I'm quite surprised he, Steve King let him go, and I think he celebrated in front of Steve King uh, with that with the issue. But fantastic. Result did not see that coming 4 0, I have to say, but Maidstone going in the right direction. And I saw the picture of Hake Noretti, and if you'd have gone that a month before that, he was sort of dancing with the Maidstone fans. So that shows that four weeks is a long time in football because some part of me at some point thinking he's going to struggle to keep his job here, but he's turned the corner and given them a good platform in such a tight division. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is very tight, as you say, and, and I think. Maidstone, we, we were starting to worry. And I think 
uh, was it Oliver Ash said the other the other week when he spoke to you that um, he felt they'd kind of overachieved uh, early on in the part of the season and maybe that put expectations up. But unfortunately for, for everyone at Maidstone, if you beat the leaders 4-0, expectations are going to be through the roof now. Uh, and it, it was always a case of, I think, for them that the goals just weren't coming. And, and it is a matter of of, of, of it clicking. And, and as you said there, Jack Barham, a really highly rated player. And he's uh, a name that we've, he's we've a seen a lot a around I like, here. He's, I like, I like, you know, I like a big man, but I like a little menace man who just sort of moves around and he's just on people's toes. And from what I gather, they're sort of like three finishes, you know, six yards out on the spot and he puts the ball in the net. So did I see that coming? No, because you think Dartford had only conceded 11 goals in 15 games and they've nearly conceded they conceded four more from that. So a bit concerning, Steve King, you know, when they won the previous week, he wasn't particularly complimentary. I'm sure he wasn't particularly complimentary and they lost that game as well. So, so yeah, but it's a, Conference South is such a great division this year with some really big fixtures coming up. But I still think the darts are going to be up there. Um, just, well, I think it was, it was the key that, question that, that Alex asked there was, if anyone finishes above yeah. Dartford, will they be the champions? And, and I kind of stand by that. Uh, I, th- I think that's a really good point because Dartford are the favourites. That They've had a brilliant start to the season. Even though they've had a bit of a blip, I think it's only one defeat in eight for them, uh, which yeah. was that game on Saturday. And, and I just think that we know they're a good side and we know under Steve King that they'll finish well. So, you know, they've started brilliantly and they, they're having a... I suppose you would say that, that even though they have only lost one in eight, that they've had a bit of a, a bit of a wobble, but they're still the team to beat as far as I'm concerned. And as Hody said there, anyone who finishes above Dartford is going to be in the top two or three, surely. Yeah, I, I, I suppose you look at that in a blip. You know, they've played 16 games. They've won nine and only lost three. So I think they had probably won the, really won the five, five or six. So, uh, yeah, Steve King, Steve King knows what he's doing. And if he doesn't, Players aren't doing it. He's got such a a contact list for players. Um, he he can bring new players in. So it, it's really just open up to a really. Hopefully, the game's been on over Christmas. Um, that it could really, you know, you, you know, it's a big important part of the season. But for all our Kent sides in this division, it's absolutely massive when you're playing back to back games against each other. So, but I, I think Dartford are right. Steve Steve King, you know, he, he, when they win four 0 he's not particularly happy when they lose 4-0 I'm sure he will analyse it over and make sure it doesn't happen again so yeah disappointing result Maystone enjoyed it and um, two and a half thousand people it's great to see um, and I'm sure the Maystone fans enjoyed that um, that as well but I didn't see that coming at all no and uh, it, it was a, a great crowd uh, there were I heard a few uh, incidents of, uh, of crowd issues I mean uh, very quickly we're recording this on Tuesday night uh, just come up to half time in Tuesday night's fixtures. Uh, and if you're a Dartford supporter, uh, we've just said that you've relinquished top spot. Well, that hasn't lasted long because at the moment, Oxford City are 3-1 down at home to Dorking Wanderers. Uh, so would that mean Dorking, Dorking wouldn't be close enough to go top, would they? But no, no 27, there we are. The goal difference would now be level uh, between uh, Oxford and Dartford. And it would be only goals scored at, if it stayed 3-1 that would keep... Uh, that, that would keep Oxford above Dartford, and Dartford now have a game in hand as well. So uh, that's a, a, a good result for them. And this division is so so tight, and, and I have mm. got it here in front of me. But uh, at the moment, you've got 31, 31 in the top two, and then you've got 29, 28, 28, 27, 27, 26, 26. So you've got five points between the top nine, and then between three and nine, you've only got three points. So 
it is such a tight division and and it's the games against the other teams around you that are going to make all the difference here I think and I suppose that's why that defeat for Dartford will have hurt more than the than most and it was a local derby as well. But as I was also saying in there, there were some reports of uh, of some incidents in the crowd and uh, Maidstone very, queen, very quick to say that they would look into them. Uh, Oliver Ash obviously from abroad, but said, you know, hope, I'm, I'm sure we will look into it. And, you know, you don't want to hear about things like that because it, it would take the shine off a, a, a fantastic day for Maidstone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Holy said it was a little bit of, you know, it's a cracking end that Maidstone stand, isn't it? And I suppose the fans are quite close together. So, yeah, we don't want to see incidents like that. But yeah, good. The most important thing: two and a half thousand people there shows the passions there for that. And I'm sure even bigger gates will be seen over the uh, Christmas period as well. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we have got some big games coming up over Christmas. We've got Tunbridge against Maidstone, Dartford against Ebbsfleet, both on Boxing Day, which is absolutely superb. Maidstone against Welling as well, a couple of days later, uh, and then obviously on uh, New Year's Day, we've got the return or the set, Sunday the second. They're actually playing. We've got those return fixtures of Boxing Day, so Ebbsfleet, Dartford. Uh, and Maidstone Tunbridge. So there are some massive mouth-watering games over Christmas for you. So hopefully uh, there will be some good football. Uh, elsewhere, Ebbsfleet United ended their poor run of form over the 2-1 win over Concord Rangers. And they're fourth, just ahead of Maidstone in fifth, uh, as we already said how tight it is. Uh, the team in the dartford Ebbsfleet sandwich before tonight was uh, Dulwich Hamlet, uh, held to a 2-2 draw by Tunbridge Angels. It's eight league games without a win for Tunbridge Angels, but the, that's a really positive result to, to get a 2-2 draw against Dulwich Hamlet, who, who'd put five past Ebbsfleet the week before. Yeah, um, big, big, big Christmas, I think, for, for Tunbridge against Maidstone games coming up. Um, they've got a big game this weekend as well. Um, yeah, it's exciting times, but I think they probably like points on the board because they're. I know there's only one going down, and I think they're going to be okay. But just want to read, you know, just get some growth for next season. Really, um, I think only 16 goals in 16 games is, is a concern scoring goals. But yeah, a big couple of weeks for them. But delighted for uh, Steve McKim because there's nobody wears more wears shirt on him. He's very passionate. And he'll be desperate for them to get a result over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. That just leaves Welling, who lost 3-1 at Dorking Wanderers. Uh, a game most notable for Peter Taylor being sent off at half-time alongside his Wanderers counterpart Mark White after an altercation yeah. in the tunnel. Uh, Tom Derry got his first Welling goal in that game inside 30 seconds, no less. Uh, but the Wings fell to defeat in Surrey. And, and, and there were no complaints, I understand, from Peter Taylor because Dorking are, are, are a good side. And I did also see Peter Taylor saying he's kind of... He, he feels like there's going to be no more major ins and outs uh, in terms of his wellness squad. that He's kind of got to where he wants to be and now it's down to him to get those those players playing as he wants. And, and as I've said before, I firmly believe that Peter Taylor is a is a fantastic coach and he will get the best out of the players. Yeah, I'm sure um, Peter Taylor, that the Dorking man, could wind himself up in a lift, I think, with his entourage of staff. So I'm sure that was, um, I think, yeah, interesting what went on there. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, well, and again, it's a bit like Tunbridge, they want to rebuild for next season. Think they're going to be okay. They're not going down with only one going down. Just rebuild for next season and see if Peter Taylor can develop the squad. Absolutely. This weekend, Ebbsfleet, the only team uh, of those in league action as they host Bath City. It's the FA Trophy for the rest. Maidstone, uh, Maidenhead, Tunbridge Angels are at home to Torquay. Uh, Dartford travelled to face Cray Wanderers. No game for Welling. Uh, Cray Wanderers, Eastman League Premier Division rivals. Folkestone also in action as they face Uckbridge. And of course, our two National League sides also join the competition. They play each other. Uh, Dover at home to Bromley. Dover now 19 points adrift at the bottom after being beaten 2-1 at Kings Lynn on Saturday. Uh, new manager bounce for the Linnets uh, as Tommy Woodrington started his reign with victory. It seems to me, Matt, that 
you're getting closer. The heads aren't going down. You're playing a little bit better, but it's it's just still not working out. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We, we will win. I keep saying it every week. We will win a game. Um, but, you know, I think the frustrating thing is the previous week, I wasn't there because I wasn't well. The Wrexham game, we pushed Wrexham all the way. It posted a couple of times. You can go on and do a get a result. You get back in against Kings Lynn. Kings Lynn have like lost eight on the spin. We haven't got the quality to sort of take that forward and try and get a result there. So if you can't win again, they've had a new manager bounce, but if we're going to get anywhere, you've got to go to Kings Lynn and, and try and get a result. But we'll move on and see what happens. It's going to be tough against um, on Saturday against Bromley. Where does the the trophy should really be a priority for Dover, in my opinion, now, as we're going down. Let's try and get some confidence. Let's try and win some games. Bromley, top three, I think they are now. Do they want to be in the trophy? We know we were there a few years ago and they would like another day out. So be interested to see what happens. Yeah, just fingers crossed. In, in, those, thought, ter- in those terms, that then you want a win, you want some confidence. That's a stinker of a draw, isn't it? Because if you oh, look at folks in getting a home to Uxbridge, that's the sort of game you would have wanted just, just to get some confidence in there. Well, we said that when we played Jake Town, mate, to be that's fair. That's true. Um, Touche. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not um, again. I wouldn't have thought Bromley are going to travel in numbers in a week before Christmas against Dover in the FA Trophy. So I, I can't believe it's going to be a packed out of travel. So um, yeah. if they lose, everybody's going to oh, they've lost. They've lost all the games. Nobody gets better. If they win, oh, we've won a game, and you can then think, right, let's let's build on this and go from there. So will Bromley, Bromley got a, Bromley's. 16 is better than Dover's 16. So if they rest a few players, they're probably going to be better than Dover anyway. So, But Dover did play quite well against Bromley in the previous game. So and I think against the better size, Dover can be a little bit better. But Penalties. Penalties, that's uh, that's hopeful. Do- uh, Bromley, as we say, third before tonight's games after their 1-0 win at Altrincham. And, and I did mention Tommy Woodrington uh, there, the former uh, Southampton midfielder, former Eastbourne Borough manager, among others. Do you know the link between him and this year's Strictly Come Dancing, Matthew? I do know that his son is with uh, AJ, so I've been watching a bit. Of- My wife wants AJ to win. Yeah, well, any other year AJ wins it at Cantor, as far as I'm concerned, but she won't win it this time. But uh, yeah, she's been, uh, they've been fantastic. So uh, yes, good luck uh, to, to, to them. Um, no, but, but I, I did say, that's what I said to Megan, actually, that, that man's dad beat Dover this afternoon. So, <laughs> not, so there you go, that, that's how bad it gets when you Somebody's dad beats us as well. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, into the Ismini Premier Division then, we've just mentioned uh, the fixtures at the weekend for Cray and Folkestone, but uh, Weekend just gone. Folks a bit to a 5 0 winners over Harangay Borough uh, to move up to second spot. Well, there were defeats for Margate 3 1 at Kingstonian and Cray, who lost 1 0 at home to Bishop Stortford. And Margate are playing as we speak. Uh, they're at home to the league leaders Worthing, who are a, a fair whack clear, uh, but they are missing the chance to extend that gap at the moment because Margate are, or were the last time I checked, I'm just refreshing yeah. their Twitter page now, 2 0 up, uh, which is absolutely fantastic for Margate. And uh, if anything, does that show, in a nutshell, Margate's problem? In that Hody said last week, he said, I'm pretty sure they've won as many as they've lost and they've got a dead-level goal difference. And then they've gone and lost 3-1 at the weekend at Kingstonian, which is a tough place to go. Uh, and then they're, they're now beating the league leaders at home. And, and that kind of sums up uh, the problem that Margate have got, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I saw they were winning against Kingstonian. And then I checked the finals and lost 3-1. So they get into games, but just... I don't know if they've got a lack of experience or nows to see things out. 
I think Margate has probably totally said it, a 12th of the table. They're decent. The thing is, this season, this, if they win this game, they're decent at home, which always helps, really, because they haven't been decent at home for a long while since they've had the 3G. So, And if they could beat Worthing on a cold Tuesday night, it is a very, very good result. They've got to make sure that, have they got it for the 90 minutes? They're tuned up at half-time. And, and again, I think Jay Saunders, he hasn't got the budget as he had at Mar- Maidstone. He can bring the best players in this division to get them through the leagues. He's just going to try and find some rough diamonds and see if he can get, get them going forward. But yeah, I think he's doing a really decent job in there, to be honest. And I don't think they're going to be good enough for the playoffs. But again, a lot like a lot of our sides, just rebuild for the next couple of seasons and see where you can go from there. Yeah, I just wonder for Margate, though, how many times have we said, oh, let's just rebuild for next season and go from there? And at some point, you would think they... Well, if, they if they can keep the squad they've got rather than losing all the players, yeah. you know, clearly he's he's got a, a nucleus now. And the play, and I think he's probably got a good scouting network. So he knows the best players, particularly in the local area, which are, which are plenty, that he can try and attract players in. So what, what do, you, do you think, what, do you class Margate as a Conference South club or uh, an Isthmian League club? I would say, well, I mean, they've been in the in the in the National League. They've been in the National League South. So I, I would say that they're sort of top end of the Isthmian League at, at worst. And I guess that's where the frustration yeah. has come, you know, because they, they they've been a big name uh, in, in Kent League football. Uh, they've obviously fallen down and, and come back, and they've had a few false dawns. But you just kind of look at it and think, do you know what? It, it, where where do they go? And and I think. You know, for me, the biggest the biggest thing, and, and we talk about this a lot, and, and I know you didn't listen to last week's show, but we had James Lawson on uh, last week, and he was talking about the work that Ramsgate are doing in the community. Yeah. And I just feel that Margate need to need to be doing something like that as well and, and, and getting everything going off the pitch as well as on it. And I think with Margate, we're probably always too guilty of looking at uh, focusing on everything that's on the pitch when you perhaps need to look at, w- at what's going off on off the pitch as well. And, and you know, there's been four storms off the pitch as well. And I suppose that's where the problems lie. Well, yeah, until that, that first bit of um, ground is dug up for the new, new stands and things like that. Um, you'll see what happens from there. But no, yeah, I, again, I think Margate fans, you know, this is their level for the moment. Um, it may change, but I think that, if they can beat Worthing, it shows the potential of what they can achieve this season. Absolutely. They're also uh, in action on Saturday in the league. Uh, they host Wingate and Finchley in the East League South East. Uh, Cray Valley PM three points clear at the top after their 1-1 draw at Whitehawk on Saturday. Ashford still second despite their 2-0 defeat at Burgess Hill. Uh, Ramsgate just a point behind them, though, as after they beat three bridges 2-0 on Saturday. 500 people there uh, at Southwell on Saturday. It's very tight at the top. Five points between the top five. And Herne Bay are a further three back with a game in hand after they were beaten 2-0 at home uh, by two early Hastings United goals. Elsewhere on Saturday, uh, two late goals for Corinthian come from behind to beat Hythe 2-1. Faversham beat Phoenix Sports 2-0. City won 1-0 winners at Lansing. A last gasp, Jake McKenzie goal secured a 1-0 win for Whitsville at Sevenoaks. Uh, VCD beaten 2-1 at home by Chichester. Uh, Hythe are in action uh, tonight as they host Burgess Hill. Currently half-time, it's Hythe 1, Burgess Hill Town 3. Uh, Burgess Hill did put through their own net to give Hythe the lead, but they've hit back uh, to make that 3-1. Uh, this weekend, Ashford are at home to Corinthian. Faversham head to Chichester. Uh, it's Cray Valley at home to Lansing. Fourth against third as Ramsgate trouble to face Hastings. Seven Oaks go to Haywards Heath. Highwood 
Hyde are at home to VCD. Phoenix Sports look to close the gap to the pack at the bottom as they host Burgess Hill. Uh, Sittingbourne at home to Whitehawk. Herne Bay are away to Three Bridges. And it's Whitstable against East Grinstead. I suppose we should mention the C word now because obviously, uh, if you're not aware, the game in the Kent Senior Trophy this evening between Herne Bay and Seven Oaks was called off due to some COVID. Uh, cases in the Seven Oaks camp, so that game, Seven Oaks at Haywards Heath on Saturday, could quite easily be at risk, and and it, it is worrying. We've, we've talked about it already, but you, you do kind of wonder. And, and I know there are contingency plans in place, but we can't have this again. We've got to finish this season, haven't we? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe it's just an overzealous situation that's going on, and it's not as bad as everything expects it. But there is clearly, even in the Premier League, more more and more cases. I don't know how if the clubs. You know, the lower end have to test themselves, but um, it'll be interesting to see what goes on. Um, yes, it, it is a bit worrying, I have to say. Um, I'm sure there is contingency plans in place that, you know, you've played, what, 17 league games? Not how many teams in this division? So you'll probably be halfway through. You, by yeah, the new year, right. you're going to be over halfway, aren't you? So yeah. um, from that, and it's a lovely tight division as well. Cray, Ashford, Ramsgate, always worried a bit about Hastings, but yeah. Thinking about it, of course, Ramsgate could be in the same league as Margate next season as well. So, it was a, well, I, so I didn't listen to the um, last week, for, so, but James Lawson, he's very, very big in the community over here. We're constantly getting things from the kids' schools about going in and things like that. And I think that he thinks that's the way forward is get the kids in and the parents spend the money and they're doing a lot of great things off it with the local youth teams as well. Yeah, it was it was a really interesting chat. Actually, you should go and find out if you didn't listen. Um, by, by all means, go and dig it out. But he made some really good comments about uh, the challenges of being in Thanet and everything like that. So uh, really interesting. And I'm planning uh, on going along to see how they're shaping up on Saturday because it's just a train ride away. So I might nip over and see that top of the table clash up at Pilot Field as uh, Ramsgate travel to face. And then they seem to they seem to get attract some players as well. You know, they've got the ability to bring players in from the scaffolding. As well, so they're always constantly strengthening the squad. So, and in some ways, I like the model. You, you let players in for free, and you get five, six hundred people. You know, everybody buys a burger. You're you're earning money, which you then increase the squad as well. So, um, it's a good model that's working for at the moment, and you know, doing very well. Thirty-four points after seventeen games. Yes, absolutely. Let's move on then uh, to the FA Vars, where the three Kent teams out the remaining five made it through. And we'll start with the game I went to on Saturday, where Glebe and Beckenham met in fairly rotten conditions at Foxbury Avenue. It was nil-nil after the 90 minutes, went straight to penalties, and did 4-3 to the home side. I was, I was pretty busy after the game, as you're going to hear. And we'll start by hearing from the winners. So here is Glebe striker Jamie Philpot. Probably looking back at it, we didn't deserve to win it. They had, I'd say, more chances than us. We weren't up to scratch for whatever reason today. Um, but like we went in at half-time, nil-nil. Obviously, if, if you stay in the game, you've got every chance of winning it. So I think we, we showed slight improvement in the second half, but nowhere near what, what, what the standards we set for us earlier on in the season. So I say, on an overall, lucky to get through. A, a striker can never be happy after a nil-nil. You didn't get a lot of service today, really, did you? It was one of those days, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just, as I say, it's just, I say, like a scrappy game as, as, a, as a team. Um, we, we didn't perform to the levels that we know we're capable of, like the first half against Sheppey. Um, but again, if, if you don't perform well as a team individual, you don't get the chances, you don't get the goals. So just obviously happy to get through to the next round. Second t- round in a row that you've won on penalties. So there's obviously some spirit in there to, to do that. And when you've got a keeper like that, he's, he's, such a, he's in the way, isn't he? Yeah, George, George is a very good keeper, a very intimidating person. And not many players 
um, at list level, at any level, would, would want to get um, or want to take a penalty against him. His mind games are phenomenal, and uh, yeah, he, he's made a couple of really good saves and forced a couple of over the bar. Uh, stepping up to take the penalty, everyone's thinking, "Oh, is the striker who's going to start this away?" <laughs> what, what went wrong? Uh, poor penalty. Um, I say uh, Penny uh, mentioned to me beforehand. I'll be careful. It's a bit slippery up there. Got there. I thought, like, oh, alright, not too bad. I, I try to do what I normally do, and so I, I don't like blame it on a slip. But they did make have a little slip, so I definitely uh, didn't try and put it as a corner. Generally speaking, you must be really happy at Glebe. I know you said there's been interest in you, but, but you're happy here, and you're, and you're here for the long haul. Of course, we're we're through to the next rounds of the Vars. I think down to the last 32 now. We're in another, I think, one or two cup competitions, and we're going strong in the league. So, from my point of view, there's no point in changing changing that where you can go and not play elsewhere you're not going to get being those cup competitions for the next rest of the season so just stay here see what happens and hopefully our aim is obviously promotion that's the key thing it's a great title race isn't it there's there's three of you up there and i think everyone's matching each other stride for stride at the minute yeah we we was obviously uh say disappointed with the sheppy result especially being three nil up at half time that just shows what good team they are how they can come back it's not for the first time they've come back so we know that they, they can see goals, but obviously they score goals. I think we've, we've had, I say, a bit of unlucky results of late, um, whereas they've, obviously I don't watch them play, but they seem to be just winning game after game. So hopefully they'll have a bit of an unlucky spell in the second half of the season and we just have how they've played their first half. You had that blip against Welling a couple of weeks ago. It, how hard is it when you are one of the teams at the top and you and you know you've almost got to win every game against the the other sides because the other teams are going to match you for that? Um, I don't say it's obviously it's, it's it's a long old season. All the cliches here. It's a long old season. You're not gonna wherever you go. You're not gonna expect to win every single game. No one does it apart from Arsenal. Um, they haven't. No one else has done it since. So, especially at our level, you, you're going to win games, you're going to lose games, but you don't, obviously, I think we worked out statistics in terms of how many points per game, how many goals scored um, you need to have or how many goals conceded per game on average in the last five years to go up through promotion. So that's something we're, we're aiming towards and obviously we need to do a little bit better, but there's no reason why not we, we, we can't get promoted. So what you're saying there is you're not worried about what anyone else is doing, you're worried about what you're doing. Yeah, of course. Obviously, you can't focus too much on anybody else. Like You've got, to, another football cliche, you've got to just control the controllables. You can only control how you perform each Saturday, Tuesday and not let other results affect you. And just finally, you're through in the Vars. This will be out after the draw. But um, how much would it mean to you to, to go all the way in this competition? Of course, I think it would be massive, massive for, the, for this group of players as well because you've got such a good bunch of players, uh, background staff with H and then the chairman, Rocky. I know he would absolutely love it. So I'm sure everyone would, would, would want to do it for the team and want to do it for Rocky. Well, I have to say, Matt, when the top scorer steps up, to take the penalty that potentially would take his side through, you're thinking, yeah, it's going to happen here. But he was quite honest about it. It was a poor penalty. He missed the target. But you could kind of hear from from that chat, and I enjoyed speaking to him. He's got the passion to, to fire Glebe a long way in this competition and in the league. Yeah, I think, um, as you mentioned in, in the interview there, that really, I'm sure he's probably playing a level, a couple of levels below them where he should do. But... You know, he said, we're in the cup competitions. We can, where do I want to go elsewhere when I'm enjoying my football and I've got a chance for success as well. So clearly he's got his head screwed on. Um, I quite liked it that, he, you know, he was pretty honest about 
in missing that penalty. He disappointed, but the most important thing was the team getting through. That, you know, that's soon forgotten when uh, when they get through. But it seems like a a, a decent tie, John. And was, what was the crowd like there? It was, uh, I, I did read somewhere it was about 300, but I think officially it was around 170. Um, I mean, it was awful conditions. Uh, it was chucking it down. I, I literally drove there in the dry. Uh, mm. And then I got, as soon as I pulled up at the stadium, about quarter past two, it just started raining. And uh, if you've never been to Glebe Stadium, it, it's not, blessed with lots of cover shall we say uh, so kind of people were huddled around in the stand uh th- th- there's one stand with seats there's one sort of covered terrace area on the side as well and then there's one uh down behind the far goal as well and you know that made it, it, it difficult and you know the game itself uh it 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 was an intriguing game i wouldn't say it was a classic it was wasn't really end to end, and and Jamie Philpott there, as I said to him, he, he didn't get a lot of service. There there, there wasn't even really scraps him to feed off. But I, I've seen him score a couple of goals already this season, and and he's a real player. And you know, Glebe have got some really good players in there, and and it was a it was a closely fought game. And, and I suppose on balance, penalties was probably just about fair. Um, but it was yeah, it was it was it wasn't one for for the swashbuckling <laughs> Southern Counties East League <laughs> style stuff. Did you, did you think the conditions played that part in that then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was wet and it was windy. Uh, the pitch was really cutting up as well. And, uh, you know, I, 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 for part of the game, I was actually standing next to uh, some of the players from Stansfeld, uh, who we'll talk about shortly. But obviously they were playing there on Sunday and some of their players were saying, I can't see how we're going to play on this tomorrow. Um, you know, so, so I think that that was a obviously having a real impact on it and you know chances were at, at a premium at, at both ends really I suppose um, there was one really good chance for for Beckenham a really good save in the end the striker went through on goal and, and Big G as they call him was was off his line very quickly to tip it wide they had another one cleared off the line and one shot in the first half that went just over uh, and but it, it was yeah the conditions did did play a, a massive massive part in the game and I think they also played a, their part in the shootout as well which ended four three uh, seven penalties each and uh, I think both keepers made one save there was a, a controversial moment as well because the first penalty of the shootout uh, looked to have been saved uh, by Nick Blue uh, and the, the Beckham goalkeeper and then it was called back for him being off his line and it looked to the naked eye, very, very tight. And then obviously the retake was, was scored and it could all have been... And the referee, uh, did the, 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 the linesman say that, did he? Yeah, the, the, the assistant referee did say that, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you look at it, you look, I, what, after that one, you watch them all and, you know, the goalkeepers were off their line nearly all the time. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. that's such a, a, a thing. And, and, you know, obviously the, the striker always has the, uh, as the advantage in a penalty, as far as I'm concerned. So I don't really see much of an issue with a goalkeeper gaining a couple of inches to try and help them out. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But there you go. Uh, but of course, we've heard from Glebe. Uh, so while they were the winners, they're also the losers. Uh, and I'll quote with two men from Beckenham after the game. I'm going to meld these interviews together. So first of all, you're going to hear from assistant boss Billy Walton. And then it will be Beck skipper Danny Waldron. Yeah, it's, it's tough. But, um, you know, uh, our main objective is 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 to win the league. And, and that's what we set out to do. And this is a, you know, this is a, a, a bonus for us. Um, yeah, when you go out on penalties, I, I just saying there to the lads, it's... Uh, I think the FA should change the rule. Why on earth we've been drawn away every round and why on earth you can't play another 30 minutes to decide it, I don't know. It's a team game and then all of a sudden it goes down to individuals. It's not an individual sport, it's a team game. So they should change it, give you, give you the benefit of, of extra time. Listen, we've come to a place 
where a team's as as powerful as Glebe, we've totally dominated the game and we got beat on penalties. It's something's got to change. It just, just don't seem it just don't seem fair that you go out as an individual, you should go out as a team. Just play. Play play until someone scores. Golden goal for me all day long. It's it's a tough one, is it? Because you, you've played really well over the ninety minutes. They you've had the better of the yeah. chances, and, and and you come out of it, and, and here you are because you've, you've missed four penalties, yeah, and, and that's it. So yeah. I, I understand. I guess that is frustrating. But generally speaking, you, you've got to be pleased with with how you acquitted yourselves oh, over the ninety minutes. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I just we just said to the boys in there, let this pain of losing today spur you on to go and win the league. And I said, something special can happen at our club. Now I, I talk about it all the time. We're going to do something special. And I said to him before the game, if it ain't today, it'll be in four months' time. And, you know, I, I really believe that these lads are going and, and win the league. I really do believe that they're going to go and do it. We spoke back in August or July, yeah, yeah. right at the very start. And I said to you, how's, what, yeah. what are you looking forward to about the Combined Counties League? How challenging do you think it's going to be? How have you found it? I found it uh, it's a lot better. We haven't got to play uh, so many derbies. Yeah, we, we, we mostly got two derbies instead of 14. Um, so in that respect it's better um, I spoke to one of the Kent League representatives today and he said um, you know you've gone into an easier league uh, I don't think so I don't think I think Walton Hersham Badshot Lee Jersey Bulls you know they're equivalent to Sheppy Chatham and Glebe so you know it's, it's the top four in, in both leagues that are going to it's going to be one of them two of them four that go up and we'll be one of them you move on now, you've got a big game on Saturday against yeah. one of the teams that you're up there yeah. battling with. So I, I guess you have to take what you've, the, the, the first 90 minutes from that and, and build on that. All, all day long. If we show that, if we if we can, and we will, because them group of lads want to achieve something. If we, if we, we'll get over this disappointment really quickly tomorrow. Um, and as I said to you, me personally, uh, it's gone now, it's forgotten about, let's get on. And we'll get ready for Badshot Lee and uh, and we'll do a, hopefully do a job on them and, and crack on in the league. So for you, it's, it's forgotten. What about the, the lads who've missed the penalties? Especially yeah, you've had chances to win that game. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I feel I just feel sorry for the for the young lad there. You know, at the end, um, seventeen year old. Uh, I feel sorry for him, but learning curve for him, isn't it? He, he learn from it and uh, go on for better things. You know, and said, come and see us in April when we're celebrating and um, I look back and I remember this interview as I told you we win the league it's all the emotions as well isn't it you saved the first penalty then it got retaken and well that that baffled me that baffled me because I've never seen that at this level of football in my life our on earth um, their goalkeeper's very uh, vocal and uh, I think he put the officials under so much pressure to say that he moved that they just said he moved I mean but no one else moved for the rest of the penalties. It baffled me. But in saying that, if you don't hit the target, you ain't going to make a save, is he? We didn't hit the target. Did you practice penalties? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, Thursday. And when you when you're practicing penalties at training, everyone's laughing and joking. You're smashing them in for fun. And we put we put Big Phil Wilson in goal to replicate George, um, and they were just pinging it from everywhere. Uh, I mean, all the lads that missed, they were just firing them in from everywhere. Different scenario, isn't it? Pressure and a little bit of nerves and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I wish my knees was all right. I could have took one myself. 
I know you said just finally that um, you know you, you, it's nice because you haven't got so many derbies. But what, was it nice to be back here playing a team in the? It schedule? was, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talk about it, and uh, these are the games you want to be involved in. I want to be involved in this sort of game and this atmosphere every week. Not, no disrespect to lesser teams, but you want to be involved as a footballer and a manager and a coach. You want to be involved in big games every week. Not just one every four or five weeks. And that's why you want to go on. Yeah, exactly. So you're playing this sort of thing every week, testing your wits against other managers, other other coaches and other teams and stuff. So I look for, I'm really, I hope we do go up and uh, so we can um, test, test ourselves against some of the better sides. Gutted. Absolutely gutted. I mean, anybody that was there today watching that could tell who the better team was. Wasn't tested once, really. It was a 90-minute match of pure Beckham, if I'm being honest. And... The only thing that we didn't manage to do in this game today was put the ball in the back of the net. But that's football for you. Do you know what I mean? And um, penalties is, is a lottery at the end of the day. And unfortunately, we come on come off on the wrong side of it. But, I spoke to Billy. He said you practised them. But it's, it's a completely different scenario. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. There's the, the, the pressure when you're actually there and doing it is, is, is a lot different to messing about, doing them in the training and things like that. And obviously that showed today because our penalties were well full, if I'm being honest. Um, but... Yeah, like I said, that's football. You know what I mean? Once it goes to penalties, anybody can win and unfortunately it wasn't us. It's a big competition as well, so there's obviously disappointment, I'm guessing, from you and a lot of the other senior players that, that it hasn't worked out this time. Massive, massively disappointed. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly 33 now and as the years go on, I've never touched the hallowed turf of Wembley and when you get so close to it and um, and, it, and it happens like that, it's, it's, it's very disappointing. But as I said to the lads in there, you know, I mean... There's ways of going out and we can go out of our heads held high, especially after a performance like that. I mean, Gleb and Mugs, let's be honest, they're flying high in the league. They're, um, they're doing very well and we literally stopped everything that they had to offer today. Literally stopped everything that they had to offer today. As I said, the only thing we didn't do, which is the most important thing to, think to do in football, is put the ball in the back of the net. And um, that's the most disappointing thing about today. Generally speaking, though, it's been a good season so far. Third in the league, Brilliant. a new league for, for the club as well. So Brilliant. it's positive. Brilliant. Yeah, absolute positive. I mean, like I said, we was flying high in the Vars. Um, if we're being honest with ourselves, the Vars was a bonus. So to do as well as we've done in that has been fantastic. Um, but the main focus for the lads in the dressing room has always been get out of this league. That's the, that's the main focus for any, any team at any level, just get out of the league. Um, and we're in the right direction with that at the moment. So hopefully we can carry on doing what we're doing and applying the pressure and keep keep going forward. We obviously cover a lot of teams in the Southern Counties East League. What's the Combined Counties League like? Is it a tough league? Um, I've heard stories. You know what, this is my first season, so I'm not too sure at this level as well. Um, so I'm not too fond of teams in Kent Leagues and teams in Surrey Leagues and, and things like that. You but listen, in front of you. Exactly. Any, any league at any level is, is, is going to be tough. Um, and it's no different in this league. Like I said, I'm not too sure about the Kent League or whatever, um, but it is what it is. We're doing well. That's what we need to focus on, week in, week out, going into every game. And hopefully we can um, strive on, put this behind us and, and, and crack on. Bradshaw Lee on Saturday, it's a big one, isn't it? Another big game, another big game, you know. Um, but if we apply <laughs> ourselves and perform the way that we did today, I'm sure there'll only be, be one winner. You can hear the, the disappointment, the frustration. And I thought Billy made a good point there of saying, you know, why has this gone straight to penalties? You know, I, I can understand the need for for having no replays with, with everything that's going on at the moment. But would an extra half an hour have, have, have been the end of the world? I think an extra half an hour might have given us something either way rather than going out on penalties. That's what um, I took from that interview. You're thinking that, come what, the last, what was it, the last 32, last 64? So these sides, so it's still quite local. Again, 
it's a big game for these clubs. The chance of getting to, you know, into the competition from that. I can't see the trophy. We've got that on Saturday straight to penalties. I can probably see why they're going to do that. But why not in the in this competition, give them a chance to say, yeah, well, we want to play the extra thirty minutes. I'm sure every team would rather do for that. Nobody's going to try and play for penalties in in that in that competition. So it does for the Vars. Def, okay, no replays just yet. I don't think or replays at all. But I think particularly in the next round as well, when you've got to travel a long way, going out on a penalty shoot after ninety minutes seems a bit harsh to me. So I think the the league. I don't know. I don't know if the FA Vars committee have talked to the clubs regarding this, communicated with them and said what, why they should do it. But to me, it, it doesn't really make too much sense. I think you should probably should have penalties, uh, extra time and then penalties in this competition. Yeah, and uh, Danny Waldron is there, uh, obviously a man who's been uh, around a lot. It was only on the way home that I actually remembered that I've spoken to him before. I think he's been on the show when he was at uh, Welling. Uh, I interviewed him after they'd lost to Eastbourne when they were down here uh, in between Christmas and New Year a couple of years ago. But um, it kind of, when he said there, you know, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm 32 now and I've never been on the hallowed turf at Wembley. Yeah. And you could see that disappointment. And, and I understand that there were a lot of people at Beckham that were just... Really, really disappointed because while Glebe have got a lot of young players and players who've got, got a lot of their careers to come, Beckham have got some older heads who, you know, every single t- t- time they play in the FA Vars, th- their chances of, of going all the way in the competition dwindle. And, and both these teams have made no secret that they want to go far in this competition. And he kind of felt a bit sorry for Beckham. As I say, I thought they they played, they more than played their part, um, that, that they look like a decent side they've got some good players there but it just wasn't to be for them and and you know what it was hard when when you stand there saying I don't know how many more chances I'm going to get and that and that's difficult isn't it oh yeah it must be when you play to that level Danny Waldrum he was at he was at Tunbridge when I see him around so he's been definitely been around um, he's done his time in the non-league game so he must be really frustrated from that but I, I quite like that you know the assistant manager when he said there well you know this this is going to be a remarkable season for us if it's not going to be today, it's going to be four months' time. So the confidence is clearly there, and they and they must know the quality of the squad that they've got to go and do it. But yeah, I think as a as a player, when you get to 32 and you think, you know, you're probably one of the better sides in this 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 level of uh, of the of the pyramid, you've got a chance and to go out from there. So, you know, it's sometimes you mentioned the uh, the 17 year old missing the penalty. You know. He's probably got over it, but Danny Waldron's probably still, I don't think they're playing tonight. We're not playing tonight. He's probably just sitting at home thinking what could have been. So you've got to feel for him in that situation. Yeah, you do. And it is a double-edged sword as well, because obviously they want to get promoted. But you know if you get promoted, the chance of the FA Vars yeah. is, 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 off the, is off the agenda. But they, they do go on, uh, Beckham. They've got uh, Badshot Lee, one of, their, sort of one of the teams that are up there at the top with them. Uh, this weekend so it, it doesn't get they've got to pick themselves up haven't they because they, they've got to go on and, uh, and and bounce back because they they do want to, to to get promoted and from what I've seen of them on on Saturday I think they've got the quality in there to to go far and, and it is it is those wet and windy days at this time of year that really shows your metal and I thought Beckham showed they've got plenty about them they've got experienced goalkeeper Nick Blue as well who's been around the place uh, and I think that they've, they've got real potential to, to really have a good, good go at the Combined Counties League Premier Division South that they're in. Yeah, I'm fingers crossed that Beckenham we can, you know, hopefully they're they're only on loan from the scaffold um, till they get promoted to the uh, to the Ryman. And fingers crossed they can go and do that. 
Yeah, and, and uh, thanks to Phil uh, Beckenham as well, because I spoke to him uh, quite a bit on Saturday at the game and he was very helpful in sorting out those interviews for us as well and a really nice chap. And uh, yeah, he's been re- really, really good to the podcast over the course of the season. So uh, so thanks to him and, and good luck to, to, to them at the weekend and obviously Glebe as well. Um, 24 hours later, same venue, more home delights. Stansfeld made it through with a 3-1 win over Frimley Green, continuing their fine run in the competition, their best ever. Tunbridge Wells also made it through as they beat Wallingford 4-2. But it was the end of the line for Sheppey United as they went out 1-0 at Littlehampton. The draw was made on Monday and it's away ties for all three of our scaffold teams. Glebe, who travelled to Hamworthy. United currently fourth in the Wessex League and just one league defeat so far all season. Uh, it's in Paul, Matt, before you ask. Uh, they're managed by former Aldershot and other striker Tim Sills as well. Uh, so yeah. a tough tie uh, in the new year for Glebe. Uh, Tunbridge Wells also have a fair old trek. They're over to Somerset, where they're going to face Bridgewater United, who are also fourth in their league, uh, the Western League Premier Division. Uh, Stansford have a much shorter journey. Uh, I guess they might be disappointed at that as well, because they will travel to face Rains Park Vale, uh, sixth in the Combined Counties League Premier Division South. And, and the people at Beckham were telling me they, they think that they, they got some uh, some potential as well so I'm guessing none of those teams will be particularly overjoyed with those draws they're all tricky but Stanswell probably would have wanted a, a bit more of an away day because this is the first time I've ever got this far in the competition yeah fantastic result for them I have to say really great result um from a level below reaching that yeah they wanted the nice trip away to make it enjoy the weekend Rains Park Vale I'm sure we've had them a few times on this pod we've come across them they're a you know, as you mentioned, Combine County's regular, aren't they? So yes. it'll be a tough one. But, you know, forget about it if you can and try and go again in the in the new year when the fixtures come around again. And I have to say, great result for Tunbridge Wells. Really pleased for them as well. So not, not the greatest season in the league, but maybe that's something about the Vars they love. And I'm really pleased for them as well. Yeah, 15th of January, uh, those fixtures all being well. So a month's time. Uh, and we will see what goes on and obviously we'll preview them uh, when the time comes around. Stansfield Week did take a bit of a turn, though, uh, with the news that joint boss Billy Hamlin has been disciplined by the FA. I've been found guilty of charges of improper conduct against a match official and a further charge uh, regarding the comments that he made specifically in the game against Lockford and New Hyde early in the season. Uh, it's been reported that Billy, we spoke to on the show earlier in the campaign, has been given a 140-day suspension, fined £80, told to complete an online education course. And then on top of that, he's also got a six-match ban which will run after the 140 days. He does have the right of appeal, and we don't know what's gone on there. Uh, I have seen there's 140 days. He can't. He can't do anything then, can he? Apparently not. No. So yeah, because um, that's, that's the thing. If you get sent off a Sunday league, you get it run out. Yeah. So the story is on. Uh, he's on Kent Online, uh, and uh, obviously it was a it was a pretty heated event. But uh, yeah, fr- frustrating, I would imagine, for Stansfield. But they do have joint managers, so. Uh, Jamie Phipps there will have to take over the, uh, the the reins. I would imagine plenty of other managerial news in the scaffold as well. First in the Premier Division, uh, where Chris Walcott has resigned as manager of Canterbury City. A club statement said, we would like to place on record our thanks to Chris for all his hard work, uh, which has more often not been in difficult circumstances. During the force bracing football, Chris was constantly working behind the scenes in trying to improve things in the background. He's been responsible for bringing some good people into the club and trying to raise awareness locally. A fundamental part of our club and will be missed. Uh, Chris was aware there was no absolutely no pressure on uh, on him from the board. However, he made the decision himself. We're disappointed. We're supportive of him. Um, we wish him all the best in the future. In the interim, the board decided Sam Wilson will step up from assistant and be helped by player coach Danny Lawrence. And that will be the case for the rest of 2021 and shall be reviewed in the new year. And, and it's been difficult for Canterbury. Uh, we've we've spoken about in the past. They've not won in nine league games. It, it, it's tough there at the moment. And, and I, I guess... You can see where where Chris has come from, probably thinking, you know, is there much more I can do here? But I guess from the club's point of view, having someone who has given so much, 
leave must be a real bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, it's, you know, back in early on, about the money situation as well. Clearly, you know, he's tried his best, but it's very difficult to maybe get results when he was on board trying to do that. And, you know, maybe sometimes if you're not winning, you're doing all that hard work, it must weigh on you a little bit. And he's decided to, to leave. But it's a difficult job at the moment, Canterbury, until they ever get back to the um, to the, to the, um, to the county town. It's going to be, or to the city of Canterbury, it's always going to be difficult, isn't it? It certainly is, and uh, it's not going to get easier for, for Sam in his first game in charge because uh, they're home to Chatham this weekend. Uh, there's also been a change at Rochester United where Phil Miles has departed with the team fifth from bottom in the first division. Uh, Rochester statement said it is with deep regret that after an emergency board meeting, the board has made the decision of dispensing with the services of Phil Miles. Uh, the club would like to thank Phil for his hard work and dedication as he took over the reins from the start of the season, and we wish him all the best for the future. Uh, Chairman Matt Hume will take over for the next two to three games until the position is filled. And Rochester will be disappointed, Matt, because they were there thereabouts last season when it was all curtailed. That they seem to be going the right direction. They played in the in the um, the competition over the uh, over the, the, the summer with with your Chathams and your Sheppies and all that. And, and you might have thought that that experience would have set them up for a good campaign this time around, but it. Change of manager, and it obviously just didn't work out for Phil Miles. No, no. Um, expectations as well. I suppose clubs want to want to succeed, want to be doing better than they are, and um, it, it, football is a results business, isn't it? So, and if you're not getting the results, um, you have to look at it and see where from there. Um, quite a good area, Rochester, isn't it? So it's a good location for them to play. We've got to somehow. It doesn't really worked out for them, and. We'll look at how they get off from there. Phil Miles, he's been, he's had a few jobs as well, hasn't he? Phil Miles, I'm sure he has. He was at uh, Faversham for a while as joint manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with your yeah, mate. So, Danny so, Chapman, yeah. That's it, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, nobody wants to see um, managers use their jobs, but I say it's a results-driven business. Absolutely, yeah. In the scaffold. On Saturday, talking of results, Chatham went top of the table after running out 4-0 winners over Wellingtown. Irith and Belvedere beat Lords with 4-1. Irith Town went third after their 4-2 win over Rustall. And Hans and Blair also hit four in their win over K-Sports. Uh, Kennington needed just one goal to beat Punjab United and Canterbury held to a 1-1 draw at Tower Hamlets. Now in the first division, Croydon and Chesson Hook drew 1-1. FC Elms had 5-3 winners at Greenways, an incredible game that the host led 3-2 after just 22 minutes. Uh, Snodland Town won 5-0 at Kempton United. Staplehurst 2-1 winners at Lewisham Borough. Meridian BP beat Forest Hill Park 1-0. Tooting Vet beat Southern Athletic 4-1. Westside beat Bryden Ropes 3-2. The big winners in all of that are Stansfeld, who are still top of the table despite their FA Vars exertions, and they've played fewer games than all of the teams around them. So uh, a, a brilliant weekend for them if you factor in the FA Vars and what happened in the league as well. Yeah, so games in hand. If you can win them, they're going to go for a few places uh, clear at the top. You know, you'd have thought they're going to be nailed on for the playoffs if, even if they don't get the, uh, the, 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 the promotion place. So but yeah, good weekend for them, I have to say. Yes, absolutely. There's a... Uh... One game in each division on Wednesday night, including Stansfeld uh, travelling to now manager Rochester United. Uh, and then at the weekend in the Premier Division, Beersitter at home to Homestyle, Canterbury City at home to Chatham Town, as I've just said. Uh, Kennington travelled to face Crowborough, Deal Town are at home to Fisher, Hollands and Blair are at home to Rustall, K Sports meet Glebe, it's Punjab United against Lordswood, uh, Sheffield United are at home to Irith Town, that's a fairly big game there mm-hmm. near the top of the table. Uh, Tunbridge Wells at home to Irith and Belvedere, and Wellingtown take on Tower Hamlets. And then in the first division, it's Bryden Ropes against Sutton Athletic, Chessington Hook against Forest Hill Park, 
FC Armstead are at home to Westside. Favisham Strike Force take on Greenways. Lartfield and New Hyde host Rochester. It's Lewis and Borough against Tooting Beck. Lidtown against Meridian VP. Snodland Town against Croydon. And Staplehurst Monarchs against SC Thamesmead. So that brings you pretty much all up to date. As I said, uh, plenty going on and not all good news with the uh, with those games being called off uh, or that game, sorry, being called off in the uh, in the Kent Senior Trophy. Uh, so who knows what will happen. A couple of latest scores for you. Oxford have got one back against Dorking. So they've gone back to the top of the league on goal difference. Uh, Margate now 3-0 up uh, cool. in that game against Worthing and Hyde are now 4-1 down. So there's mm. been goals in, in both of those games uh, while we've been chatting away. Uh, there are other games in the Kent Senior Cup as well. Uh, Phoenix against Ramsgate and Sittingbourne against VCAD Athletic. But as I say, due to other commitments, we're going to be able to record this on Tuesday night. So uh, I'm sure if you can find the results of those uh, on various websites um, over the next few days. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for the football chat. Yeah. Matt, uh, uh, you're back to full health. That's the most important thing. Well, well, while, while you were ill, were you able to... I wouldn't to... say I was running on super, you know, but I am... I've... Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm eating a bit more, so yeah. Yeah, not to be too graphic about Matt's uh, ailments, but uh, this week's uh, chat that we, is called "I Have a Needle." Uh, that's probably all you need to know. Uh, did you manage to watch any telly while you're on your sick bed, or were you just cuddled up in your uh, Andy Hessen Tyler duvet? <laughs> um, cuddled up with my Andy Hessen Tyler duvet. Uh, I did the only thing I did because I watch two two doors down. Did you watch that Scottish oh, comedy? Mother, my mother was banging on about. Oh, that it's cracking! Very good. I, I didn't see the one. Um, Last night, but I did see the one from the previous week, which is very, very funny, very funny program. Um, not really. I, I did walk past the uh, um, TV guide for Christmas. But I, I look at it and think, do I really want to spend one pound fifty on something? Well, well, my wife has said that she, she wants to buy the radio time, which is a fiver, which I'm not going to do. But um, but I should do. Then I can circle things. My my father-in-law has given us a list of what we should watch at Christmas. So. We should probably return the favour of the programmes we should watch there. So, um, But no, nothing, not much has been on. I've actually got Norwich against Aston Villa on uh, while we're watching this at the moment. So. I, did, I didn't mention that this happened a couple of weeks ago while I was away, but they were filming The Crown on Eastbourne Pier. There was a story here, I was going to say to you, because I'm on the church committee. The minutes yeah. came through saying they wanted to use the village hall as a polling station for The Crown. Wow. But apparently they didn't follow it through. Wow. Well, they've like, definitely well, been who's, who's on there? Who's the Johnny Lee Miller, was it? I don't know who I don't know who was there. I've just seen some sort of distant pictures, but they use the pier. And then opposite the pier, there is a hotel called the Queen's Hotel, uh, which they used apparently inter- interior and exterior shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Imelda Staunton's playing the Queen now, isn't she? Yeah. So I, I'm guessing she might have been down here. But uh, yeah, exciting time. So Eastbourne is going to be on the next series of The Crown. So right, uh, I, do like, I do like The Crown. So that's good. That's good. But yeah, but apart from that, not watching too much. Again, I've been so worn out. I've been going to sleep nice and early. So I do like my bed. So. Well, it's 10 past nine now. So I suppose exactly. you're Exactly. Time for bed, seen. mate. Time for bed. Excellent. Well, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Non-League. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. So we always love to hear from... Uh, as many of you as we can and it's always good to see uh, what games you're at and, and how you're enjoying them we get a lot of people saying I've been to this place been to that place it's always really really interesting to see all that as I say I'm planning on going to see uh, Hastings against Ramsgate on Saturday I'm, I'm guessing that Matt's going to be at uh, Brom- Dover against Bromley yeah uh, I'm at Dover yeah Dover on Saturday high yeah, expectations and, and joy a springy step as he makes his way up the hill I, th- I, I expect to be the only people there, person there to be honest Actually, on that very quickly, uh, and we'll go back to it. There was a um, 
a couple of months ago in 442, they did the 50 best grounds in Britain. Over got in there, didn't they? Over got in there, and so did uh, Prin- Prince's Park, yeah. So did Prince's Park at Dartford. And I went through, and I think I've been to about 16, 17 of, mm. of, of, uh, of those stadiums. So I was, uh, I was, Out of those 16 grounds, would you say Crabble was one of the best ones you've been to? The ambience with people you've been with? What's the polite way of me saying that? No, I, I, I was when I went through it, I was surprised yeah. that it was uh, got a lovely view overlooking Dover. If you like Dover, that is. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, and, and you know, I can see why it was in there in terms of uh, in terms of the fact that you know it, it is unique with the hill yeah. and everything like that. Um, I, I was pleased to see that uh, the, the dripping pan in Lewis made it up there. And I need uh, to go there. Love next season, mate. Could well happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was also uh, the the Saffron's Eastbourne uh, Towns Ground uh, was on there. I've not been there yet. Uh, I don't live far away from it, but it was uh, it was it was nice which to see one's, that Which as one's well. the one by the cricket ground? That's that one. Is that I've played cricket there? I've told you that before, haven't I? Yes, you have. So yeah, yeah so that that was in there. So I'll, I'll oh, add no, that to my okay. list. Uh, so hoping for a nice FA Vars draw or something uh, from that going forward. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Matt will be at that game. So if you're in, if you feel like if you're at that game, you want to go and say hello, then feel free. I'm sure yeah. he'll be delighted to, yeah. uh, to to put down his. Wish you a Merry Christmas. And wish you a Merry Christmas because it's coming around. We're only yeah. one. There's only one podcast to go until Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so thank you we everybody for listening. We used to go out and record a Christmas special down the pub. Go I know it's a bit far now, isn't it? Yeah, can't go out to the pub anyway. No, no shame. Yeah. We'll have to just do it sat here. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, we might there be something different about next week's pod though. We'll find out, won't we? Well, there might be. Yeah, that will be exciting. Yeah. We'll find out. It all will be revealed uh, next on week. next week's show. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will speak to you all on next week's Kent Only podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Stay safe. Did you know, I, I, I said to Holy last week, uh, say, Matt always says something witty at the end of the show. Uh, and I hope you've got something prepared. And he did an impression of Chris Witty. Very good. Was it a good impression? Not really. <laughs>